It's not enough to simply be the best product anymore. You have to show people why it matters to them. That's why positioning and messaging is everything. It's how you connect to what customers really care about, make your product's value clear, and stand out from the rest. Easy, right? No, it's not. But you can learn from folks who have faced and conquered these challenges before. So join me, Emma Stratton, as I talk to top product marketing leaders about the wild and wonderful world of messaging, the thrills, the spills, the hard-won truths, and the total myths, the adventures in messaging. Today, I'm joined by Gerard Green, VP of Product and Customer Marketing at HighSpot. Hello. Hello, how are you today? <laughs> I'm good. It is so good, good to have you here today. Good to be and here. I think congratulations are in order because I know that you have just gone through a whole refresh of positioning and messaging at HighSpot and, and it's live and it's landed. And it's good. So congrats. Yeah. Tell me about that. Thank you. No, it feels good. And, and as you know, and the audience knows, you're never done with messaging, right? This is live and breathe and ever evolving thing. But we kind of got to a place where just for this one moment in time, we could we could pin it down and then use it to kind of get our get our content, get our, get our story out to the world at scale. And so we we did it through a pretty big launch just a few weeks ago and, and feel really good. And, and now we gotta now we gotta keep doing it. Now we we we've earned our next challenge. And so the mission is to, to, to keep evolving as the product evolves, as the market evolves, as our customer use cases evolve. And so just continuing to do it again. But yeah, getting it down on paper one good time. Yeah, felt, felt really good. It, exactly. It's like, yes, it's always in flux and evolving, but there is that window where you've, you've pinned everything down. Everyone yeah. agrees and you can savor that moment, even if it's just, you know, a month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. especially especially in SaaS. Absolutely. <laughs> even if it's just a month. <laughs> So, you know, so it went well, and um, I'd love to talk about kind of, you know, how that went, you know, how did it go for you? Um, did you come up against any challenges? Tell me kind of a bit about the process. Yeah, totally. So it, it's, it's funny, I, I say like it's third time's a charm. Like, okay. so I've been down this path a few times at a few companies where you as a product marketer own the positioning and the messaging. And you're essentially telling the market like what you do, how you do it, how it's different, why people should care. And obviously everyone in your company has a point of view on how those questions get answered. Um, it can be particularly challenging if it's a founder. It can be particularly challenging if it's the head of sales who's <laughs> done that pitch more than, than you. It can yes. be challenging when it's customer success who has a point of view on yep we've done that pitch but you know what when I show up in front of the customer I have to talk about it this way it's it's very hard to get people revolve or, or just kind of aligned around your nomenclature and, and, and your cadence and so some of the things that I've learned is to say look let's just look at it from the outside in like we have a point of view but like what do our customers think like what do our customers actually say when we're not around what are the words they use if they had to describe what we do, how we do it, how it's different, why we should care. Does it sound like the way we would say it? And if there's not, if it's not, if there's a violent delta, like you, you got some work to do. Um, and I think what I've learned over the time is to say, like, if you start with the customer and you can sort of aggregate and collect enough data to back the changes you're trying to drive, it, it's a little easier to, 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 to win some of the debates you have, right? So <laughs> you know, customers don't use this word. Well, actually they, they do customers don't say it the way yes just they do it's right here and so 
we we have the luxury of kind of having a very vocal and just vibrant customer base who kind of leaves that trail of goodness on third-party review sites. And so they write often to G2 Crowd. That's what I can look at and say, that's that's how they talk about our product. You know, it's what you don't see, ton of technical jargon, right? <laughs> ton of words that people don't understand. You absolutely see like how they explain what we do, how it's different, how it creates value to, to, to their peers. Um, talk to them directly. You can talk to customers directly, which has been a, a great lever. It's just starting there as opposed to starting from the product side, which I know from a product marketer can sound different, but it is absolutely the case. Like how do people ascertain the value of what you sell and then work to kind of codify that, that message in a way that, that makes sense in a really clear and cogent way. But it, it took me, it took me three goes to, to kind of figure it out that that's a much more uh, fluid path to, 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 to the end of the journey. Right. Rather than going inside out, kind of wrangling with internal viewpoints and trying totally. to reach consensus. And totally. I mean, you, you could be trapped there for infinity. You, you'll never be done. <laughs> and I think like most, most product marketers, it's like, Hey, start with the product, like be a product expert. And so what do you do? You dig into the product, you dig into the use cases, you get your hands on the product. You want to know every nuance of what the product does, because if someone's questioning your technical expertise, you'll, you'll show them. Right. And you're, ability to conduct the demo and use all those work. That's great. Like, that's awesome. You're going to have to be able to do that. But I think like you have people in your business who do that already. You have, right. you have product managers, you have solution engineers, you, you have people who have done that for a long time. What you don't have often are people who can tell you the value of those things. Right. So you'll have product experts, but you don't have product value experts. And I think that was the lesson of saying, you know what, like I probably will never be as deep in product as an engineer. I probably will never be as deep in the product as, as someone who, who works on our customer success team and knows every nuance about it, but that's not my job. My, my job is to communicate the value of those things. And that's always changing because products change and use cases change and competitors change and the way customers solve those problems change. So I'll just kind of hedge my bet on staying on top of the way that they ascertain value and in, in, in doing something unique for the, for the business. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I'm totally with you on that about starting, you know, with the customer and how they perceive it, how they talk about it. Um, I love creeping on review sites. Like <laughs> I, I do so much of that. I mean, it's such a gold mine of just, you know, you will see people will describe things repeatedly the same way. Exactly. And I know one time, you know, I remember bringing it to a client and said, oh, they, you know, here, I use this word. And they're like, oh, I don't like that word. I'm like, I don't either, but this is what customers are saying. Like, yeah. you know, so yeah. maybe we should think about using it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not about us, right? <laughs> like we, it's not about us. It's like, it's not about the words that we like or the phrases we use. And I think one of the things that, you know, you think a lot about is like, yeah, when you see those repetitive words, you start to run into themes. And when you see those themes, you recognize them as like these vectors of differentiation. And mm -hmm. so if you say like, okay, they say these words and they don't say these words about our competitor, hmm, I thought we were different because we had feature whiz bang. And I thought feature whiz bang was the thing that won all these deals. And you actually go out and do, we, uh, we implemented, um, just to talk a little bit about our process, starting from the customer in. Okay. The first investment I made when I got to Highspot was in win-loss analysis. Okay. Very first investment, very first, like, yep. hey, I got a budget, cool, let's go and let's get some win-loss analysis. And what you get one loss analysis is feedback from people who bought your product, didn't buy your product, bought someone else's product, who are taking time out of their day to just, just give you a little bit of game. 
and say, you know, I, I really like you guys, but had you just done this, it would have been a difference maker, <laughs> right? Or I, I really like what you guys bring to the table, but, you know, priorities change and what we'll have to do is this. So when I say call me back in August, I meant it. I really want you guys to, to come back strong and right. here's what you can do to win the business differently. And we probably collected uh, about 20 of those in about 20 days. Like once we turned the system on, we actually went retro and said like any deal to close over this time frame. Pulling back that insight wasn't just like creeping on review sites. We asked specific questions about, right. hey, what triggered your need for a thing? Um, what role did you play in this process? Like we capture what we capture in Salesforce, but our buyers don't live in Salesforce. They mm. don't even live in our sales processes. So right. being able to kind of get that voice of the, the buyer and the way that they talked about value was just a huge catalyst. And the other thing you could do when you build your messaging is to say, these are the win themes. So I'm going to highlight these as like the elements of our, our messaging, even though we think our win themes are other things. No, we won because of the product. Well, not, not really. Like, here's the deal that we said we won because of product, but I, I have the interview here. It's transcribed and you're telling us plain as day, you won because you're the easiest platform to use. Right. And because you're easy to use, we believe that our sellers will use it. And our biggest fear is that we buy a thing that our sellers don't use. And so that's why you won the deal. I don't even know what WizBank feature is or does. Who, who told you that's why? You know, it's it's funny. <laughs> I think that's a fascinating, that's such an awesome thing to do, bringing in the win reasons and, and helping that drive your messaging. And I think the challenge there, because when I interview with customers, a lot of times the thing that they love is like the customer success, like their yeah. customer success manager, which is usually not like an initial hook, but it's something that customers, that's why they stay and then easy to use. I mean, but everyone says they're easy to Everybody. use. It, yeah, it, it's like, it is these simple things. It's, it's usually so simple, the reasons that we choose products. Totally. Um, you know, totally. It, totally. we overcomplicate, we try to overcomplicate it, but at well, the yeah, end of the day. We do in our personal lives. It's just like, there's, there's a reason you're either iPhone or Android, and yep. there's a reason people watch unboxing videos. They, they wanna know what the experience is gonna be before they buy the thing. Right. Um, there's a reason why free trials and product led growth is so hot right now. I don't need someone to tell me things. Let me experience things and come to my own conclusion. And if you're easy to use, you'll be easy to use. I'll figure right. it out and I'll buy more of it. But it, it, it becomes, a, I think it becomes a catalyst on how you create and build your messaging to start outside in. And when you do that, you end up with just a wealth of knowledge about the buyer. And it also, it just, it helps you win debates. It's the voice of the buyer. The customer literally said this on this day about this thing right here. And I know what Salesforce says, but that's us imposing our thing on the way that they said it. So I actually have the, so it, it just became a huge catalyst. We used uh, TechValid, it's one of my favorite platforms. And so the ability to go out and survey customers and have them tell you things, but say, hey, but, but Emma, don't, don't, don't use my name though, I can't. Yeah. But I'm real. I promise you I'm a real person. Um, Gartner Peer Insights has that. We don't know who the customer is, but we know the industry. We know the vertical and we know that what they said is real and we know our competitor didn't say it. So it's just been a catalyst to get their voice into our messaging and just kind of reverberate what, what the market uh, sees when they look for tools, which is the voices of other customers. Gerard, you must be a nightmare um, to kind of, if I'm like a team member, trying to like say my like subjective opinion, you're like, nope, this customer no, on X day, you're like, no, no, <laughs> no, it's a point of view. It's, it's a point of I'm view, joking. right? Like, no, but we totally like, we did it. The other kind of, I say lesson learned is like, you cannot create messaging in a silo. 
No. You cannot go into a room and create it and then come back and say, I got it, it's here, and, and have people like expect to, to use it. Well, where'd this come from? It was exactly. very much a running check-in of almost every two weeks in front of our go-to-market leadership team, um, sitting with the founder uh, early to say, hey, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start playing with the messaging. I know it's near and dear to your heart, but like here are the tweaks I want to make. Here are the ways in which I think we can quantify the value we provide. Here's the proof I'm going to go get. Just you're with me every step of the way and you're bringing people with you. Hey, sales leader, hey, what was the best meeting you had last year? And like, what were some of the themes in that? And what's great is now you just can listen to the gong call. You can actually see what slides and see what messages and what hooks and what objections hit. So you, you bring people along with you. I think in the past, I'd be more prone to just, I'm going to write it and I'm going to use these, you know, thousand dollar words and it's going to be so clean because I'm going to research it and have all these, nobody talks like that. Or, or people don't feel like they were part of the process. So people don't feel like what you've done vibes with or gels with, with the way that they communicate value. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I remember working with a client and had kind of ever, you know, all the go-to-market, you know, different teams, leaders around the table. And we came forward with kind of what we had arrived at. You know, we had thrashed through things and through all the research, et cetera. And the VP of sales is like, I have to read it and it has to sound normal coming out of my mouth. You know, and he read it, <laughs> the value yeah. proposition. He's like, yeah, no, this sounds like something our AEs would say. Like this sounds right. And it was kind of like that gut check. It was yeah. a sales driven organization. It's like, Hey, if, it's a, if I can't say this, my team right. can't say this, it's not happening. And I was it's like, not gonna happen. you know, it's, not gonna happen. it's just not. And, and you can get buy-in from certain level. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Mm -hmm. Got it. Right. 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 And then you show up to that sales meeting. It's just like, you have, where'd you get that message? Yeah. You're a pitch deck from 1986. Like, where did that come? How does this even work? And that was like one of the reasons that I wanted to work at Highspot. Like that's what we help customers solve for is keeping the content and the message on brand and clean it on the same page. But I say that to say like, that's the thing that like allows you to understand, okay, well, why do you, why do you love that message so much? What, what, what's there about it? The simple drought. I really like this diagram because it shows how we connect this and this. And I like building this to show, and this is how I landed in the meeting. And what you might look at is like off brand and, ugly is the most compelling thing to them because they are confident in it yeah. when they're in front of a customer. Right. And if they're confident in a message, whether it's yours or theirs, they're going to win more deals. Yeah. And so you coming in and say, no, 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 you got to say it this way. It's like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. <laughs> not do I've made clubs six years in a row. I'm not, I'm not changing a thing. So you gotta, you gotta make me, you know? So it's different. It's different when you work with those folks. Yeah, no, that is so good. I love it. Hey, you made it all the way through. Thank you for listening. And as a reward, here's a little extra bonus content. Okay, Gerard, I know you're going to give me a good answer for this. I want to know if you had the power to banish one word from product marketing for all time, what would it be? Snackable content. This needs <laughs> to go. I don't, I don't want to hear about snackable content ever again. Um, I get, I get what we're trying to say. I get, we're trying to say it's, you know, the opposite of long form content, but we don't eat content. Content's not tasty. I just, I don't want to use snackable content anymore. And I also want product marketers to rise up and recognize that you are more than content. You, you bring so much more to the table than just a brochure or a pitch deck. You bring strategy, you bring insight, you bring, analytics, you bring a point of view. And so I think like anyone listening who feels like oh, all I do is churn out this content and, you know, I hope someone reads it. You're, you're more than that. There's, there's, there's a whole world of 
pricing and packaging and, and, and value you need to ascertain. There's a whole world of customer adoption and product launch and, and compete position. There's so much. And so like content, yes, manifest all those great thoughts and ideas and insights, but it has to be like content and context and it has to be content that inspires confidence. So yeah, I want to get rid of just content for content's sake, specifically uh, snackable. It's got to, it's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I don't think anyone is going to fight you on getting rid of snackable content. I hope not. I hope not. Might be someone in like core corporate marketing, but like I, I don't think even product marketing would be. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. No, that's so good. Awesome. This has been such a good chat. I knew we'd, I know we'd have fun talking. So I'm uh, glad that we were able to do this. Cheers for listening. For more messaging fun, sign up for my newsletter at punchy.co forward slash newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter.